The Biscuit is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. It is time to listen to the Biscuit Podcast. It's so delicious. It is full of interviews with Charlotte leaders, makers, and doers. There is so much creative stuff in this town. Hope you're hungry. It's biscuit time. So much more than beaches and mountains so close. Biscuit time. We have banks, but there is a whole lot more here. Please be hungry. It's biscuit time. Pull a seat up beside our fair queen. It is biscuit time. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to the Biscuit Podcast, the Biscuit CLT Podcast. We are recording live from Divine Barrel Brewing Company, home of the 980 Festival. And, of course, I want to welcome up here your host for the Biscuit CLT Podcast and, of course, the masterminds behind Charlotte is Creative, Mr. Tim Miner and Mr. Matt Olin. What's going on, guys? Hey, Tim. What's up, Matt? <laughs> I'm, nev- I'm never li- living this one down, am I? Well, here's the thing, though. Mr. Andy Go, everyone confuses Matt and Tim. Everyone does. And it's, we've been dealing with it for about 25, 30 years yeah, now. Yeah, by the way, I'm a little disturbed by the fact that the way that you phrased that was everyone, everyone mixes up Matt and Tim as opposed to the word us. So now you are, you're Deion sanders this thing, <laughs> and you're speaking in the third person. Uh-huh. Tim Miner gets upset when people calls him, call him Matt Olin. Right. <laughs> George is getting frustrated. <laughs> Oh, well, one of these days we're going to have... Aaron, don't worry about it. We love you, man. Oh, shout out to Aaron Dodge, (laughs) wherever he is. Um, Anyway, Biscuit CLT Podcast. We're recording live from Divine Barrel for 980 Festival. So, Matt, Tim, tell us a little bit about 980 Festival. What's going on here? So, uh, we are gathered here at Divine Barrel uh, to realize an idea that sprung forth from where all good ideas come, which is drinking in a bar. So, (laughs) about this time last year, uh, Matt and I were hanging out with... Gavin Toth, one of the founders of Divine Barrel, and just talking about the incredible influx of people that are moving to Charlotte um, and kind of juxtaposing it to what it was like to start our careers as a young adult in Charlotte or to be new, um, that you didn't exactly know where to go, right? You didn't know how to become part of the fabric of the of the city. And maybe if I think the idea, the prevailing thought at that time was if you hang around long enough or you make enough money or you have a title or you just know enough people, then you can kind of get involved. And our belief is that we see so many people moving to the Queen City with a different mindset than, say, the 90s or even the early part of the 21st century, which is people are moving here and they're so excited. They are pumped up about Charlotte. They're not necessarily thinking of this as a... As a stepping stone to another city or dreaming about, well, I got to put my three years in in Charlotte so I can go someplace else. They're excited about it. So we wanted to give them a place where they could start diving in, right? Where they could get crowned a Charlottean. Um, and so that was the kind of the genesis, the seed where 980 Fest came from. And then we, to execute it, quickly turned to our friends at Share Charlotte to say, how can we link new Charlottians or Charlottians that have been looking for their place with a nonprofit and the creative community in one fell swoop. And so that that was kind of how we got here. And I, I've been so excited to see the excitement of people today, to see them interacting with nonprofits and creatives at the different booths we've had, getting their T-shirts made from um, Project 658, sitting here talking to you about their experiences in Charlotte, getting a snow cone and registering to vote with uh, 
the uh, creative interventionalists. It's been an awesome day. I mean, really been a lot of fun. Yeah, and you know, I, I, to, re to reflect uh, on that, we believe that there's a lot of uh, shared DNA between the creative community and the nonprofit community. Um, you know, because we subscribe to a very broad definition of creativity. It is all of the fine arts, and it's music, and 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 uh, muralists, and it's uh, writers, and you know the sort of traditional things that you think of when you think of creativity. But creativity is also the way you bring creative problem solving and, and thinking to community challenges and issues, uh, whether they be here in Charlotte or elsewhere. So that's why we really love this idea of matching up nonprofits with creatives, sort of what happens when you bring that those different types of creative energy together. And there were examples of that happening all day here at, at 980Fest. Yeah, you had a great lineup of people here today, including, like you said, the Charlotte Creative uh, Interventionist, but you also had Carolina Raptor Center, yep. uh, which was here, too. Um, you had a couple of other... Uh, Our, had, we had Our Bridge for Kids. We Our had the Bridge. Arts Empowerment Project. Yep. Uh, we had the Harvest Center. The Harvest Center. And then in an amazing array of creative people. Jillian Mueller, who is a yarn artist. She does what's called yarn bombing, which is awesome. She, like, just like knits and uh, pieces of artwork and then drops them into public spaces. We had Nolly Tao, who's like, what, I mean, if you've, done, if you've seen anything we've done over the last four years, Nolly's been involved doing graphics or cartooning or yep. designing T-shirts. Um, that's been amazing. We had Anderberry bracelets. So Aaron and his mom, Amy, were some of our first hug grant recipients, um, and they've come out to do it. And then we had Garrick McFadden, the native Yep. Right? The amazing the photographer. Native. and, and The unicorn. Yeah. yeah, and Joshua Galloway, the creative gent, as our photographers. Julie McElmory uh, um, from uh, the Charlotte's Unconventional Film School. I mean, what the great thing about doing something like this is, as in the work that Matt and I do, is when you talk about a notion like creativity, it can be kind of this faceless, amorphous concept. When we talk about creativity, we're talking about the people that are behind them. And in the work that we do, we get to collect we get to meet all these folks, and, and we make promises. We're like, we're, we don't know what we're going to do with you, but we're going to do some cool shit together. Mm -hmm. and, we're, and, and we believe that creativity is one of those things. People expressing themselves creatively is a safe place for people to meet, right? For you to get to know someone who doesn't look like you or doesn't think exactly like you. And, and this event has been one that we've been able to pull a lot of our crazy crew together to work on. Rebecca Henderson. Yeah. We will do anything. If Rebecca Henderson said that she needed $300 to read the phone book over a microphone on a street corner, Rebecca, that's an awesome idea, and you should totally do it. Um, <laughs> if you can find a phone book, um, we would do it. So this has been an awesome experience to introduce you know, citizens to the people that we think are really making Charlotte a great place. And I just want to say just a bit more about Rebecca's um, gift to 980Fest. She brought an idea to us that she calls the snowball effect, uh, which is basically, as you said, a snow cone station sort of masquerading, or it'd be vice versa. It's a voter registration station masquerading as a snowball, uh, snow cone station. It's very much like we do. It's the Mary Poppins method, right? Yeah. So a spoonful of sugar makes the medicine go down. So you showed up for the snow cone, but you stayed for the voter registration. <laughs> so I asked and Rebecca. And the, and the citizenry responsibility. I asked Rebecca, I said, just give me a, a line or two about what, what this project's all about. And she wrote to me, she said, the snowball effect is a colorful conversation starter around civic engagement. Half frozen treat, half voter registration drive. 
This nonpartisan project aims to open up a discussion around how to jumpstart a vibrant and visibly participatory electoral culture. And so when you went up there, you got a choice. You could get a red snowball, a blue snowball, or a or what she called the bipartisan special, the red and blue snowball. The purple snowball. Yeah. So uh, we just love uh, folks like Rebecca who are bringing fun and creativity to m- si- meaningful civic uh, exercises and endeavors. Absolutely. And I would say, too, uh, we had Project 658 and their Imago screen printing team out here doing T-shirts. And, you know, at the end of the day, it might look like making T-shirts, but they're, we're putting people to work. The T-shirts are, are incredible, and it feeds an organization that is working very hard to, to serve refugees that are finding their way to Charlotte. And, you know, regardless of where you are in the political aisle, it's really hard to not help people that show up in Charlotte and desperately need a, hand, a leg up. They're here. You can, we can quibble about how they got here or whether they should be here, but they're human beings and they deserve dignity, respect, and love. And the Queen City has the ability to give that in, in droves. So in this episode today, we're going to have some interviews, some short interviews that we did here at the 980 Festival. We're going to be talking to uh, some great people from Charlotte Lab School, uh, the photographers, Garrick, and uh, creative gent Josh Galloway, uh, a few others as well. But I want to wrap up this intro here just by asking each of you this. Why is it so important for you guys to put on this programming to welcome our new residents to this city? I mean, I would say that one of the core sort of passions of our organization, Charlotte is Creative, is to really change the narrative of Charlotte. Uh, there are amazing things about Charlotte that uh, have been a part of what's made the city what it is today. But there are certain things that have been left out of that narrative for too long. And, and the amazing vibrancy and creativity of the city, in particular, how much creative energy is here, has not been traditionally a part of that Charlotte narrative. So we're working hard out there through our different programs to actually change that narrative for folks who live here. But in tandem with that is we're catching people as they arrive. We want to capture people as they're just stepping foot into their new Queen City life. And we want to begin to get them to get the true story of Charlotte from day one. And I think that's just a, a big reason why we're, we're passionate about 980 Fest, because we're, we're able to welcome them to the city with a, a true, uh, a, really a true picture of how diverse and creative our city is. I, so Matt put it really well, and I probably should stop there because you did a great job. No, please. But, I would say um, there is so much lip service and so much ink that's being expended on how many people are moving here. But it doesn't matter how many people move here if we're not making them feel at home. So one of the analogies that Matt and I hit on early was, you know, if, if you, and this sounds cheesy, but I, we truly believe it. Like, if you go over to somebody's house for dinner and you get through a meal and you enjoy it, and it's time to clear the table, and they look at you and go, no, 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 I, we got this. You stay here. We're going to go do the dishes. That's courteous and nice, but at that point, you're a guest. But if they say, yep, grab your plate. Come on, let's go to the kitchen. Let's wash these dishes together. You're home. You're part of the family. And so our belief is the way to get people to feel at home in Charlotte, to feel like they're true Charlotteans, is to tell them, no matter how long you've been here, you can get involved right now. And if you get involved right now, you get your hands dirty. You do the work of Charlotte either by starting something or contributing to something that's already been started creatively, nonprofit. You are home. You're part of life here. 
And, and that's really to change the narrative that Matt said. It's not about how much money you have, how long you've been here, what, what zip code you live in, whether you have a 704 or a 980 uh, area code on your phone or you're still using your Ohio <laughs> you know, number. You are a charlatan if you're getting your hands dirty and you're finding out what the issues are and you're and you are showing that you care for one another. And so at its heart, it's 980 Fest saying, we're glad you got here. We need you to stay here and we care about what you can give to the Queen City. Make a mark. Fantastic stuff, because obviously with all the people moving here, that's our chance to make this city just even greater. Right. You know, one step at a time by retaining all that great talent that comes through our city. Well, well what do we want people saying when they go home or they go to another city is to say, I love Charlotte and I really I'm doing this, this and this. Or they say, I lived in Charlotte for two years, couldn't find my place. That's why I live here now. Mm -hmm. You know, we want when that transfer comes in, we want it to be a really hard decision as to whether you take it or whether you stay here in Charlotte. And um, we really believe that, that the, uh, there's a hunger out there to belong. And, and so today was beautiful. I mean, uh, just the people that showed up, it was a really wide array of Charlotteans. This was the Charlotte that I want to see every day, everywhere I go in Charlotte. Couldn't have said it better myself. All right, well, we're going to wrap up that and uh, go straight into these interviews. We're going to hear from some great guests that stopped by uh, to our table here at 980 Festival. You're going to get to hear some of those interviews and hear what they have to say uh, to welcome new Charlotteans to the, to the city as well. So, Matt, Tim, thanks so much once again. Awesome. One last thing. When you think about it, don't wait, create. Don't wait, create. That's right. I'm wearing the T-shirt right now. <laughs> All right. Peace. Shoutouts to our sponsors, Crescent Communities, Ortho Carolina, and Four Eyes Productions. Let me bring, um, okay, so we've got a few other people on the microphone here. Amanda, do you want to be here? Or? Amanda, come on back. Amanda, you should, I do want you to say hello at least because, of course, uh, your affiliation with Ortho Carolina, our lovely sponsors at yes. the Biscuit CLT podcast. So thank you so much. Oh, we love uh, having all this awesome content. I mean, greedily, we get to listen to it. So <laughs> it's a good situation. It is good stuff. But uh, Amanda, you're hanging out. It looks like uh, I, I know that you are one of the most knowledgeable people I know about beer and brewing and all that for somebody who's not actually in the industry and i see you here all the time here at divine barrel brewing why is divine barrel one of your favorite breweries you know i love that this crew came up through home brewing mm -hmm. i mean the guys here have been home brewing for i think i came to charlotte 10 years ago and met them in their garage when they were still home brewing beer and they had the coolest setup and it actually inspired me to homebrew my own beer and to see them now have this huge amazing space it's just so beautiful and homey and the beer is amazing to see all of that come out of the garage where they were once doing homebrew is just so rewarding oh yeah that is amazing i mean that's that the american cool. dream it's actually working your way up through years and years of hard work, practice, working a full-time job somewhere else, and uh, to finally be able to be in business for yourself and to be able to put that product out there, it's a beautiful thing, absolutely. Just following passion. I couldn't help myself, Josh, sorry. <laughs> Amanda, if you had to say one thing to uh, all the new lovely people moving to Charlotte and hopefully getting their 980 phone numbers, <laughs> what would you say to them? Get out and just explore. I feel like there's so much to do that you might not read about online that you can just get into by like 
parking your car in a neighborhood and getting out and walking and popping into businesses and saying hello to people. Um, ju just get out and walk around. It, it, the city is so beautiful, so wherever you choose to go, there's going to be trees and awesome architecture and cool businesses like this one that have popped up. So, like, park your car and get out and walk. Mm, awesome, awesome. Th Amanda Fowler, Ortho Carolina, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Thanks, and guys. Spending some time with us. <laughs> guys, my name is Andy Go. This is the Biscuit CLT Podcast. Welcome to 980 Festival. All right, Ricky, Devin, thanks so much for joining us here on the Biscuit CLT Podcast. Are you guys new to Charlotte? So, no, I actually grew up here, okay. went to college, and came back. So, oh, okay. Been here for a minute. So, but you left for a little while to go to school? Yes. Where'd you go to school? So I went to school at Winston-Salem State University in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, about an hour and some change away. Okay. So, but you're back in Charlotte because um, you think that there's more business opportunity here than anywhere um, else? So I'm a teacher. So for me, oh, goodness. being a black male teacher, like the opportunity is everywhere, right? Um, I just decided to come back to Charlotte because of the roots that I have here and the dedication to serve the kids of this community. So that's why I came back to Charlotte. That is profound, man. Thank you so Thank much you. for your service to your community oh, yeah. and making sure that the next generation of kids, you know, they can, uh, they can uh, have those opportunities yeah, that are definitely. provided to them. And uh, what about yourself? I am uh, originally from New York City. I moved here about uh, seven, eight years ago. Okay. So uh, I would still say that I'm learning what it means to be in Charlotte. Every day I learn something new. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, and the thing is, with a growing city, it's like you learn something, and then it might change in a couple of days. So. Yeah, yeah. So you I think, like, know. for us, um, we're both employed by Charlotte Lab School. Okay. Fantastic. And in we uptown. are getting, uh, we have a lower school and middle school, mm -hmm. and we're getting ready to launch one of Center City's first high schools, uh, which is super exciting, which brings us out tonight. And uh, trying to, you know, trying to reconnect with Charlotte and, and get them to start to think, what does the ideal high school look like for people, you know? Okay. Uh, so, first of all, Charlotte Lab School, love what you guys got going on there. Awesome. I've, I've, I've done a couple of volunteer opportunities over there in the past, uh, and I'm a big believer in hands-on learning, too. Yeah, so, yeah. obviously, that that is right there. But you said that... You guys are, Charlotte Lab School is trying to open up a high school in Uptown? Uh, we're not trying, so we are getting ready to launch. Oh, yeah. um, oh it's happening. It's happening. Oh, it's opening yeah. <laughs> in the fall of 2020. And uh, so this year is kind so of our planning year, year. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This year is our planning year to kind of build up steam. And we're, um, we, we've got a lot of buzz with community partners. A big part of who we are is using our community as a classroom. And I think, you know, Charlotte is at a point where um, a lot of innovation can continue to happen with Charlotte youth. We have a lot of talent in our city, and what our school hopes to do is incubate it and create a platform which they can stay and really learn and grow from it, you know? That's 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 wonderful. So obviously growing out of the Charlotte Lab model, I'm guessing, yeah. that it would be uh, part of the lab school, not part of CMS. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Right, so, th th so that gives you all more control over the curriculum and whatnot. So yeah. so tell me, how does how do you take the concepts that lab school provides to elementary school age kids and, and how does that translate to high school age kids? Yeah, so I think I think um, if anybody knows what a wading pool is, right? So there's like a you know a sunbathing area. You know, I don't want to get in the water yet. All the way to swimming. So I feel like in in 2015, our executive director and co-founder kind of found this great pool, right? And was like, hey, hey guys, I got this great pool. Like, let's jump in. It's clean. It's new. You know, and. 
And I feel like with our lower school, we were able to get like kind of knee deep. Like we started to get where we needed to. In our middle school, we took it a step further. And I feel like in high school, it's really about swimming at this point, right? Um, so it's, it's, it goes further than taking trips to Imaginon or doing science labs at Discovery Place, but it's about students going to Charlotte Ballet for dance instruction from an actual instructor or individual okay. internships happening in a variety of co-working spaces like Huga or Bank of America. So I think it's about um, going deeper with the partnerships we've already established. Mm, yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. That real world hands-on experience that, again, to me, <laughs> is the most valuable experience. Oh, I yeah. mean, you know, I went to a traditional high school, and right, you know, I right. spent a lot of time studying physics and chemistry and all that, and that's great. But you know, there's a lot of skills, a lot of practical level skills that right. I feel like children aren't being taught. Yeah. That once they do get out into the real world, once they are functioning, tax-paying adults they're lacking a lot of that ability and a lot, a lot of that experience, too. Can, can I ask you a question? Of course. What, what would have been, this is the question in series we've been doing, is like, what would have been your ideal high school for your high school self? <laughs> I mean, if you'd asked me in high school, I'd probably have a vastly different answer than I would today. Absolutely. I'm asking you now, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it, it would some, be something that uh, combines more of this hands-on sort of stuff. Uh, I'm a big believer in, in stuff like teaching personal finance yeah. and how to do your taxes. and Financial literacy. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Financial literacy. Um, but also the, the real world uh, experience, like you said, internships. Yeah. Like if you can get yeah. a very kind of standard, basic sort of internship that is just going to introduce you to what this world is, yeah. that is going to be so much more helpful than like my first internship wasn't until I was... 21 yeah. or something like that, right? Yeah. Like it was in college. Yeah. So it was a long ways so away. Here's a great example of that. I think like the, 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 the culture of education is about how do we move it down, right? And our middle school is actually piloting a internship program in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. So you mentioned 21. We ironic that we're at a podcast, but we actually we're one of we're one of few schools that have a podcast studio at our Charlotte Middle School. And students are Huh? At the facility in Uptown? Yeah. on ten So we have a, a lower school on 9th and Brevard. Right. And we have a middle school on 10th and Siegel. That's right. Which is about a 10-minute walk or yep. a one-minute drive. And we have a podcast studio uh, funded by Trisada, which is one of the unicorn companies in Charlotte. And students are learning what does it mean to tell a story through conversation. Mm -hmm. But I say that to say that, like, the internship at 8th grade for us is a pilot of what to come in high school, mm -hmm. you know? The when we talk to kids and adults, we talk about the junior and senior year, and we almost forget what freshman and sophomore is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think what we're realizing is the junior and senior year provided a platform for real world experience. So how do we just make every year the junior and senior year? And I think for us is like we're piloting things for high school and eighth grade now with an internship program that runs through Imaginon and a couple other places. Um, and then continuing that in high school in a deeper way, you know? That's exciting, definitely. Um, so in the, the launch is scheduled for fall 2020. Yeah. Where is the physical 
location going to be? So we're getting ready to kind of announce the actual location. Um, more you, of the you, convers- can, you can tell us, man. Nobody listening. Oh, the, no, there's Nobody no exclusive listening. right now. Um, <laughs> it would have to be in our studio. Uh, oh, I get it. You got to okay. get the branding up. Yeah. No, I um, no, but I mean, I think, you know, I would say that we're looking at the uptown and surrounding area. Mm-hmm. You know, more of the conversations around finding a school is less about, you know, the real estate in Charlotte as it is um, catching the city up to regulations. The city... Um, outside of Brooklyn Village, which um, I think has its own history that's beyond ours, um, hasn't had a high school in the center before recently. So I think we're hoping to open up some doors for other schools and be trailblazers of that. So I, I would say, you know, coming soon and maybe we can announce it on your podcast. So maybe, maybe a joint session. You know, I, I see why you guys I, I, it's very smart. You guys have got that marketing brain, too. Very smart. Yeah. Um, where, what is the advantage or the big um, what is the big draw to being in Uptown as opposed to one of the suburbs? Is, 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 that, is that something to just keep it close to the other Charlotte Lab schools? Why don't you take that one and I can add to it? Okay. Well, um, I think an advantage about being in Uptown is the idea of the community as our classroom. So um, Lab utilizes the community around it to help teach their kids, right? So I don't have a bus to Discovery Place. We walk to Discovery Place. And with our walking to Discovery Place, it's about 15, 20 minutes, I would say. Um, there's buildings around that my third graders ask me about, Mr. Rankin, what's that? Or what's that? Or what's that? And it's just the, the as many opportunities as possible to teach something, um, whether it's formal or informal. So I think Uptown gives a unique perspective of how students can be engaged in an adult lifestyle but still be learning on the way there yeah and i I would just add to that like i think a big part of it is is access right like how do we create more access to uptown and this and the services and providers that exist there um, for all students and families so i think um you know i think charlotte transportation is getting better we have a trolley we have a light rail system that's expanding buses and i think while that process is still building um being closer to the 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 center city is important because there's a a lot to offer yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely all right well this is 980 festival and we do want to get you guys um what you would want to say to people who are moving to the region i know you said you've been here pretty much your whole life and you within the last year or so, but I think that qualifies each of you to speak on it. So with all the new people moving here to Charlotte, why, why should somebody move to Charlotte? Yeah, I would say that Charlotte provides a sense of uh, autonomy and independence um, that is important for anyone that is single or, with a, or even more so with a family. For me, I wanted to own something, and I think Charlotte provides you the ability and access to do that uh, with, a, with a moderate income. You know, so I would encourage anyone to check the city out. Um, For me, I would say um, opportunity. So Charlotte provides a very unique opportunity for people of all ages. Um, There are different sides of Charlotte. There are different styles of Charlotte. And there's so much that you can experience that it's almost like a jack of all trades. Um, You can come here and like certain types of things and find that niche in Charlotte. Um, so I think the opportunity and the availability of experiences is what should draw people to Charlotte. Fantastic, fantastic. One more time, tell me uh, the school's name and where you can, where our listeners can find more information about it. Yeah, so uh, the school's name is Charlotte Lab School. 
And it's pretty simple, www.charlelabschool.org yeah. um, is where you can find the most information. Or on Instagram and Facebook, it's Charlotte Lab School. But I would say look out for one of Center City's first high schools coming up in the fall of 2020. Oh, yeah. I like it. Ricky, Daniel, thank you so much. Hey, um, Local photographer and Charlotte Avenger, Josh Galloway. That's excellent, man. So um, so you've been here for about 10 years. Yep. I've been here 13. Uh, okay. We've seen we've seen this city grow and change yes. quite a bit. What what do you think is the biggest difference between Charlotte now and back in 2009? I feel like the the mindset of the people that are here. So a lot of fresh new ideas. People are bringing ideas from other places here that can manifest in their own way. Um, I like that um, the neighborhoods are changing. I'm the type of person who explores. So being a photographer in the city, I'm able to know about locations and know about things going on because I insert myself into different spaces. So a lot of the advice I give people is you got to get out your comfort zone. Like mm -hmm. when I first was here, I was in university area. Right. It made no sense to just be there for the whole time. So exploring Dilworth and Noda and Plaza Midwood and, and South End and going down to South Park area and just exploring these different areas and just learning more about the city. Mm -hmm. You know, for me, I feel like this city, and, and I'm probably biased here because we're in this creative scene, yeah. but I feel like this city definitely values creativity a lot more mm -hmm. than, it, it, yes. than it did when I first moved here. Oh, yes. Because when I first moved here, I swear, it was just the, the, the Oxford shirts, yep. the conservative yep. mindsets, the we'll go to the Panthers games on Sunday mm -hmm. and go into Uptown on Monday, and it's just... I, honestly, I can't believe I stayed here as long as I did. Yeah. Like for that, because, I, you know, it was just such a, a sterile city. Yes. Sterile city. But yes. nowadays we've got all these sorts of you disruptors. Know, yeah, disruptors. Mm -hmm. We got platforms. We got venues and things like that. And we still got a long way to go. Don't get yeah. me wrong. I mean, yeah. obviously, especially with music venues in particular. Yeah. yeah. I mean, we have a long way to go, but I am definitely encouraged, I think, by just the anecdotal uh, energy that I'm feeling from, obviously, guys like Matt and Tim, yep. mm -hmm. you know, with Charlotte's Creative, but obviously guys like, you know, Dave Butler and what he's doing yeah. um, with, his, with his new nonprofit that he's trying to start up, mm -hmm. too. I mean, you've got all sorts of different outlets now to where the seeds are being planted. Yeah. The seeds are being planted, and I think in the next 10, 15 years, we're going to see those seeds bloom and blossom and, yeah. and really turn into the stuff that we're really working hard for today. I think the next phase too is um is the brick and mortar space. So a lot of us that's been creating for a, a long time to tap into that brick and mortar space to, you know, creating, you know, creative studios and, you know, hubs that ideas can be uh, you know, manifested. Um even even what you do, man, like I've met people who talk about podcasting and they make an excuse of they don't have a studio, but you literally show up and you pop up <laughs> or you have it on your hip, on your back, you know, and I'm just like, that hunger and that desire to really project and, and give uh, platforms like this a live voice, man, like, you're, you're gonna be fine. And I think a lot of people gotta pay attention to what you're doing, cause it's like, there's no excuse. Like, nah, here's, here's what I do. And the fact that you even teach people, you know, mm -hmm. like you literally allow people that want to create a voice for themselves, train them on how to how to start podcasting, man. So 
It's just dope to see what you're doing. Man, the check is in the mail, sir. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah I appreciate that, man. Definitely. Well, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things where certainly I got passion for what I do, yeah. but I wouldn't be able to do what, what I do if it wasn't for the people who receive and reciprocate that yes. passion yep. out here in the world, like yep. Matt and Tim. Obviously, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be here without them being here. I wouldn't here. be here photographing, yeah. yep. Same thing. Mm -hmm. So it takes, it, it takes that reciprocation, and especially among, you know, uh, we as creatives, we, we create, but we, we are also in need of the people who have the resources yes. and kind of the platforms yep. to, to be able to make our work sparkle the way it should. So it's, it, it is kind of a, a mutual relationship yeah. because without our work, you know, they, they wouldn't have anything to draw yeah. to their platforms. Exactly. And without their platforms, we're, we're going to struggle to get our work out. Yeah. So that's really what I'm seeing. I'm seeing this great crop of young creatives like, you know, like yourself, mm -hmm. uh, Jonathan Cooper. Man, so many great photographers, especially. Yeah. Brian Twitty, um, muralists, uh, painters, singers, songwriters. They're all over the place now. Yeah. And so we're got, we have this creative energy. It's bubbling and it's, it's, it's really rolling. And now we just need those places, yeah. those platforms yep. to really just rise up with us so we can, we can really have the scene that we're yeah. looking for. Because, I mean, we've had, you know, some national things happening, like, a, you know, like an all-star weekend and such. And my biggest thing was, like, how do we keep up this same type of energy? Mm. You know, like, transform, disrupt, transforming spaces into something, you know, uh, which is pretty cool, you know. So, so yeah. All right, Josh, tell me about this, man. How long have you been doing photography? Ten years. I'm at ten years ten now. Ten years. Yeah, man. That's a uh, five years full time and ten years in full. Yeah, that's uh, that's veteran status right there <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, man. Yeah. So what what spoke to you about photography when you first started doing it as a creative expression? Um, I transferred from Fayetteville State to UNC Charlotte, and UNC Charlotte is such a beautiful campus. So my first day on campus, I just walked around and just was like, "Wow, this is amazing," and I wanted to share that back with my family. I was also um, started out as a graphic designer. So while doing design work, I would always need photos. I'm like, man, what if I could just take my own pictures? So I got a refund check and just decided to, um, to keep it going. There you go. Hey, we, um, got, we got room for another one yeah, of Charlotte's yeah. great creative, either one, man. Yeah. Another one of Charlotte's great creative photographers. Yes. So Garrick McFadden, what's, what's going up, on, man? man? What's up, what's yeah, up? Man. Good to see you over here. Thanks for joining us. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So 980 Festival, we're welcoming people here to uh, Charlotte. Um, but you obviously are, uh, I feel like Charlotte's one of, one of, one of the representatives. Yeah, I'm a know? native from Charlotte. <laughs> born yeah. and raised. Yeah. Born and raised. Yeah. And uh, yeah, you're wearing the unicorn hat, which uh, I yeah. get it. I get it. But I, I don't know, man. I feel like there's enough people here from Charlotte that it's not a unicorn situation necessarily. But, yeah. but either way. So, Garrick, Yo. you photographer as well, just like my man Josh yep. here. So uh, how long have you been shooting? Um, I've been shooting for about five years altogether. My own camera, four years. Okay. Um, I started off literally with, with an iPhone. I used to charge my iPhone at like 10 o'clock p.m. <laughs> and uh, I would like take up the charger and then go downtown, go to sleep, go downtown around like one or two oh, and just no. was like, Yes. You know, if I'm going to start off somewhere, let me start off here. And um, long story short, some guys were downtown that a lot of people know. Um, they saw me and they were like, man, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm taking pictures. And they were like, you ain't got no camera. And I was like, no, I don't have a camera. And they literally took me up on top of a roof of one of the buildings. And there was like 12 other photographers there. 
What? Um, literally a month after that, around my birthday, January 19th, um, they were like, yo, you know, share your location. I'm like, okay. And they came out to my job and gave me a camera. My first wow. camera what? came from them. That's love right so, there, man. So uh, wow. literally, believe it or not, my I've only owned one thing out of my all my camera gear, and it's because I bought it. Everything else was given to me. Even the camera in my hand, wow. someone gave it to me. That's no amazing, kidding. man. So, um, that's like the importance of a, of a creative. Like, yeah. now everything you have to buy because our value is how we do things. You know, yeah. it's not so much, you know, what we place on things that we want to do with. So, that's beautiful, man. I, yeah. I, I see that as a, uh, as a manifestation of just like pe- the way people feel about you. Yeah. And the way, yep. you, people, the way you make people feel yeah. Yeah. about yourself, too, man. Yeah. That, that love, that energy, that. Yeah. You know, yeah, authenticity we, yeah. that shines through, and that that yes, sir. Yeah, we were that, talking about that earlier. Well, like a lot of a lot of photographers nowadays, you know, it's really cool to be a photographer, but our our energy as people, people, like we're we're we understand people. Yeah. People can read our energy. Yep. It allows you to photograph and and to do what you do and, and be able to capture true moments. Mm-hmm. So if you don't like people, it's like it's not for it's, you. It's not for you. <laughs> you know right. what I'm for saying? You. And even the thing about shooting at night. That's how I used to learn. I would go, I did a series called While You Were Sleeping. I would go downtown at like one o'clock in the morning. Thank, yeah. Thankfully, Charlotte is safe enough that I can do that. Yeah, it's <laughs> right? quiet. There's quiet. no one down there. And you just see a juxtaposition of the bench that a corporate guy, you know, would sit on in three o'clock in the afternoon. It'd be empty. It's, mm-hmm. it's empty or that's someone's bed. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Having conversations with the people walking around. Hey, what's your story? How'd you get, how'd you end up here? You know, and seeing the people partying, and we're like on top of parking decks, photographing. You know what I'm saying? So kind of separated from. Yeah. We're we're a bit of a. We are the, I guess the night walkers of. Yes. yes. Any cri- night or day. Yeah. Um. Ooh, we. Yeah. Yeah. We see everything. We we don't miss anything. We know about it. If you talk, if you came to us and be like, you know, but we already. Yeah. Either we know about it or we we've done it. Yep. So it's kind of. Just one of those things. And not only do you guys know about it, but you're looking at it from a completely different angle yes. than yes. everybody else, right? Yes. Because yeah. everybody else is just like straight ahead, yeah. forwards and backwards, yeah. but you guys are getting low or you're getting yep. high or Seeing you're the going, beauty, you know? Yep. Or we're yeah. sitting for a while, yeah. right. just watching. Yeah, right. You can, you can um, I can't remember how my eyes worked 10 years ago. Like before I got into photography, I can't. I can't even remember what it felt like to see that way. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's literally like a switch. You're like, you're like, yeah. And now you see everything in terms see, of rule of thirds, right? Yeah. You literally yeah. see everything. Yes, yeah. 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 So, all right, why is a photograph such a powerful medium to express a story? You know, they say a picture's worth a thousand words and all that, but what does that really mean? Like, photo, a, a good photograph, one that you would want to put on your wall, what... What is it about that photograph? And I'm not talking about like portrait style, family yeah. style. I'm talking about a lot of the stuff that you guys do, which is you know street photography yeah. or yeah. real life photography. Gotcha. So yeah, what what makes a photograph such a rich environment to tell a story? Garrick, let's start with yourself. Um, it's the time that you put behind take. Like people think there's it's like a joke, you know, when you go to events or weddings, they're always like, oh well, you guys only take pictures. You guys only take. You know, you only, um, I don't know, you, you press a button. Yeah. We're not right. pressing a button, man. Like, if, if people knew the science behind us taking a picture, it starts when you get up and you charge your camera. Yeah. And then after that, you, we can literally sit in a spot, literally sometimes 30 minutes to an hour, just because we're waiting on a shot that we know exists. Yes. Um, but you got to get that light just yeah, right. Yeah, and you just wait for right. it. Yeah. And you got to wait for it. So, but... 
when you're prepared for that shot, there's that even the, the time frame is very long, mm. but the opportunity for that shot is super short. Mm -hmm. So yep. the value behind the shot is is also the time. And then when you do get it, that shot is literally almost once in a lifetime because it, it once it happens. But it is, it is once in a lifetime yeah, because it, it only yeah. happened that way yeah. that one time, especially when you talk about street photography. Yes. Those people yeah. are only going to be in that one place at yeah. that one time yeah. feeling that thing, that, feeling that way yes. that makes them look the way they do that yeah. one time. The sun's only going to be in that way yeah. at the right time and the, everything else. So it is like you're capturing a moment that will never happen again. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's that's pretty amazing, honestly, yeah. when you think about yeah. it. I think it's a um, the thing that I've realized also is just how timeless it is right so the fact of the energy like you said the energy it takes to you know get your get your gear ready to be able to it's sometimes we hold our breath like we aren't even breathing yeah because it's literally like yeah you're just like click and you're like oh shoot i got it and then it's the time when you upload that photo to like a lightroom and you spend the time with it and you're just look at you're it. looking at it and you're seeing what was in focus, what was out of focus, and then what was in the foreground, and how the light fell in, on on a building, or just every single moment. Like I, I used to shoot like literally put my camera on the ground when it would rain, and just next to a curb, and then you see the traffic lights in the background yeah. and the bouquet from there, and it's just like, and you share that, but you also share it with how it made you feel. Yeah. Like, I can look at a photo right now, I took five years ago, and I can tell you how I felt in that moment because yeah. it's some type of you. you a piece of shot. you is still in, in each frame. So, All right, guys, let's have a little fun here. All right. Yeah. Let's do a little role playing here. Okay. I'm not talking about the sexy kind, although <laughs> this might be interesting. All right, all right. Let's, let's say that you guys are photographers. Okay. So you guys don't have to do any acting here. All right, yeah. all right. Um, and I'm the client. Okay. And you just show me your rate sheet, and I go... <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I know somebody who can do this for a lot cheaper, uh, and all they do is use their iPhone. Why shouldn't I just go hire them? I mean, you can, but you get what you pay for. Exactly. So, yeah, that iPhone is uh, it's a good camera, but you're not necessarily paying for the camera. Yes, quality. You're paying for our, our eyes, the, the the fact that we can see you in a way that you never felt and see, seen yourself. The compassion and the energy I can give you while you are feeling nervous to relax you. I'm a therapist while I'm photographing you too. I'm a confidence booster. I'm giving boosting your confidence. I'm being aware of what's going on, you know, and that on top of my ability, the investment that I've made over the years. Yeah. This is five to 10 years of experience right here, you know, and the people that I will share this photo with, they're going to want to know who you are. Yeah. You know how many people I photographed? And people like, yo, I told them on the shoot, listen, your Instagram is going to blow up once we're done. <laughs> yeah. like, people are going to hit you up because they know Josh don't photograph just anyone. Yeah. So literally, <laughs> like, it works. For real. So. That's, I mean, it's, you, you, they, they look at us and be like, oh, well, you know, I can get this done. The, the part that most people don't know is that's okay with us. Because we are, we're not going to lose our value in that. Because we, you came to us at first. Yep. The only difference is you don't want to use us. And I'm just like, man, like, you're not going to get the same shot. And the, the key word is, ex is experience. You're not going to get an experience. Like, an iPhone shot takes five seconds. A photo shoot takes an experience where yeah. it takes longer, where yes. you learn to grow, you mature. So I've taken pictures of, because of, I do high fashion and editorial. Mm -hmm. So a lot of times, like, 
You get a woman that's, or a guy even, and they come out, and all they know is the Instagram post. Everyone has one. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, before the shoot is over, the first five minutes, 30 minutes, they're, tri they're tripping. They're like, man, like, I don't know how to do this, and blah, 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 and they're nervous. By the end of the shoot, they're like, oh, my God, Garrett, let's go here, let's go here. And they got the poses right. Yeah. And what they've Confident. done is they've grown. Yes. They've grown out of that box, and before you know it, you, you look at photography, we are literally like a therapist. Mm -hmm. Like, it even opens up, it opens us up in the beginning. Yeah. So we know who we are. But once that, once you get in front of this, where your, your phone is in your pocket, and you're no longer in control, we have to sculpt, we have to pull out of you what's in you. It's yeah. there. It's yeah. just, we're, we're, that's what we're here for. Yeah. So, and it, it's supposed to help you, but when people look at your shot after that, the way your body hurts, they say my body hurts. I'm like, it doesn't hurt because your body's not used to it. I mean, it's not. Not so used to, but it's like you don't pose like that. Yeah. But that's an actual pose. Yeah. So, so Garrick, you mentioned something that uh, you know I, I definitely want to key on a little bit more there, which is uh, obviously we live in the digital the digital age now, the Instagram yeah. era, yeah. where people who never would have picked up a camera before never. are all of a sudden thinking they're Ansel Adams or something like that. Oh, man. Yeah. So, <laughs> how has the digital the digital Instagram selfie era affected what you guys do as professionals? <laughs> uh, um, it's oh. fast. It's it's everything is quick. Everything is fast. Everything is. I want it now, 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 now. Yeah. For us, that that makes uh, that puts us on a, a supply and demand. Mm. Then it becomes more experience. Like, okay, I want this person, but then it's like, I want this person to create something for me. Um, and. A lot of it has to do with likes. You know, people want the validation. Yeah. We're not, you won't, I, the thing is that's so cool about us is you won't find many photographers have selfies. Yep. It's because we know who we are. It's, it's, it's just different. So when we take pictures of people, we're literally like trying to, we're not looking at your likes. We're looking at you. Yes. Yeah, and then we're once you get out the there, you are. the yep. likes, you can get a thousand likes and you can very well tag us and we'll get, we'll get the, the, you know, the notoriety from it, but it's like you you've helped someone get somewhere. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand that. And that's the that's the key point. You know, we want to help people get somewhere. Yeah. So, yeah. The, the, yeah. Go ahead. Uh, no, nah, I was saying like with, with Instagram, like so I've had to start start my account over three times. <laughs> yeah. Same. Why yeah, is that? My, <laughs> my account got hacked. So hacked. Yeah. yeah like literally lost. I had like I used to have the creative gent with no underscore. Yeah, <laughs> and the everything. nice clean so, one. So yeah. yeah. So but, wait, why why are people hacking your your, man, your thing? Man, you got you got haters out here at times, you know. I must might be doing something right. I've never been hacked. Nah, it's <laughs> yeah. not. You don't want that. But I, I'll I'll go and say also like. People buy into, into me. Yes. Right. Yeah. So I might post, once every two months. Yeah. And, but my phone is ringing every week yeah. because of, like we talked about, how we treat people, just the mm -hmm. energy, yep. just knowing, like, when you're photographing events like this. They just want to be around you. That's it. You know, <laughs> they're like, yeah, you know, it's fine. You know, like, the fact that we came over here, we're like, we're family. You know what I'm saying? We That's all right. creating together. So, like, a lot of times, it's, and a lot of times, honestly, we want to say thank you, too, because we don't even get to express this. No, nah, right? we don't. We don't. People don't know this. You no. know, they're like, oh, well, you know, click, click, click. Yeah. yeah. Josh and Gary, you know, they're, they're, they take great pictures. You're a pictures. guy with a camera. Yeah, that's it, you know. <laughs> so that fact that we can pull that out of people, you know, give them that confidence that they didn't have before or allow shine a light on it. Yeah. Is, is, 
it's it's so powerful and just the fact that people are able to feel so much better about themselves or like I shoot for a lot of brands and showing the lifestyle of a product yeah. and how it can enhance someone's lifestyle and being able to capture that and freeze that. Like people ask me all the time, hey, you shoot video? I'm like, nah. But no, my, we don't. <laughs> but my pictures have movement to yeah. them that you won't even need a video. You don't. Nah. Because my, my photos can give you that story and tell you that story and that narrative. It's true. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent true. stuff. Yep. Biscuit CLT podcast. Andy Go hanging out with photographers Garrick McFadden. And Josh Galloway. Yep, yep. Um, Appreciate you being here, man. Let me uh, let me get you guys out of here on this one, since both cool. of y'all are uh, yeah longtime Charlotteans. You're a native. Native. I can, uh, you know, Josh. I think we could call you a longtime veteran. Yep, yep. So, uh, what what's one thing that you would say to somebody moving to Charlotte? Um, if you come to Charlotte, bring you. There's mm. enough of everyone else that are trying to be like someone else. Mm. Um, bring yeah, yeah. yourself and don't be, uh, don't be ashamed of it. Um, that's how I was. I was, I felt like at times I was at the bottom of the barrel for photography and I can very well not be, still be, but just like Josh, we, we know who we are and it's not like, it's not competition really because we shoot differently. It's just people know who we are because we, we are who we are by yes. ourselves. We yeah. don't, you know, everyone's trying to be different, but if everyone's trying to be different, that's everyone being the same. Yeah. No one, if you just be yourself, there's no one else like you. Yeah. So just come as yeah. you, you know. We, Charlotte is, a, Charlotte is, we're growing, so we don't need copies. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Tap into your inner inner self, and, and you'll be perfectly fine. So, Definitely. And awesome. just come here and be ready to explore. Yeah. And get out your comfort zone. Definitely. Fellas, thanks so much once again for sitting down, man. Cool. Good yeah, luck yeah, the rest yeah. of the day. Appreciate you. Thank you. All right. All right, all right, all right. 980 Festival continues rolling right along here at Divine Barrel Brewing Company. We're welcoming all the new, lovely, beautiful, freshly minted Charlatans here to the Queen City at one of our favorite breweries, Divine Barrel Brewing Company. And I'm joined one of my favorite nonprofit partners, Michelle Houck. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm doing great. It's been really fun today at 9, 980 Fest. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun so far. Have you met any new uh, Charlotteans so far? I have. In fact, I met one couple that had only been here two weeks. Okay. And they found their way out here. I think that's a really great recruiting um, shout out to the guys at Creative Morning. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Matt and Tim <laughs> doing a lot to put this together. What, uh, what did they have to say about Charlotte? Did you ask them anything about how they liked it or why they moved here or anything like that? Sure. They moved here to be closer to family, but um, they had come all the way from California. Oh, goodness. So pretty, pretty exciting that folks are even from the West Coast are finding their way out to Charlotte. That is cool. That is a lot of fun. I mean, we uh, you know, it's a growing city. It's a great cost of living situation, for, I think, for a lot of the people who are living on the super coastal cities that uh, 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 makes it uh, attractive to be here. So um Michelle, what about you? When did you come to Charlotte? Why did I come to Charlotte? Yeah. I came to Charlotte because I went to Davidson College. And so we, um, so I started when I was 18, and I am not 18 anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully. But uh, we moved away, lived a lot of different places, New Orleans and, um, and Greenville, South Carolina, and then found our way back to Charlotte um, about 20 years ago. Okay. 
So you're really on your second go-around here in the Queen City. That's exactly right. Yeah. But it's extended now into its second decade, so it seems like a, a fairly permanent move. Yes, people ask me um, how long I've been in Charlotte, and I point to my 21-year-old child, and I say, about that long. <laughs> <laughs> that certainly makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So why did you come back to Charlotte? Well... We really, our parents were aging, and we really wanted to come back. And then I had a great job opportunity at one of the advertising agencies in Charlotte, now called Ray Ward, and um, it it brought me back to town. And it was it was a great it was a great job to to take at that time in my life. No, oh, okay, I didn't know you were with Ray Ward at at, at that point. That's cool. Yeah, twenty years ago I started at Ray Ward. Twenty twenty one years ago, so wow, a long time. I'm I'm kind of surprised Ray Ward's been around that long period. <laughs> yeah, it's actually been around even longer than that. Almost really, probably thirty or even maybe even forty years. I feel like just everything in the city is le is less than thirty years old, which makes me feel like I'm older than most of the city. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it does it kind of surprise me whenever there's a, uh, uh, an institution that's around for a long time. But speaking of institutions that have been around for a long time, you, of course, are over at the Carolina Raptor Center, and you're representing the Raptor Center here today at 980 Fest. That's right. We were hatched at, at UNC Charlotte, in fact. Um, hatched. In, I like yeah, that. Yeah, hatched. That's, that's, my boss loves to say that. Um, in 1975. Ooh, so we, we've been around a long time um, at our location now at Latta Nature Preserve um, since 1984. Okay. But of course, that is also changing as well, since y'all are moving into a brand new facility too, right? That's right. We're very excited. It's, it's, it's out of the ground. It is really close to completion. The, the big building at 1,300, sorry, 13,000 square foot facility Whew. that we're sharing with, um, with Mecklenburg County Park and Recreation. They, they're building the building, and we're going to move in and then build our own raptor trail out back. So very oh, okay. exciting about it. Uh, uh, next oh. next fall, we ought to be we ought to be in the in the new raptor trail. But the building will be done by the end of the year, and then it will open probably in the springtime. And that building, of course, is just right up the street, just right up the road, like right up from the current center, in barely a quarter of a mile, I would say. That's correct. Um, yeah. Will the Raptor Center still continue to utilize some of the trails and current spaces that you have? Right. The current space will be actually renovated to become a very exciting state-of-the-art medical center. Oh, okay. So um, we'll, we'll, we treat about 1,000 birds a year now, and um, we'll continue to do that, but in, in much better digs after we move <laughs> in, into the new facility. Well, that's an often unoverlooked part of the Raptor Center is the fact that it's this aviary hospital that this uh, that all sorts of um, raptors and you know other exotic birds are being brought to to receive treatment. Uh, obviously, the, you know, stuff happens in the wild, you know, hunting accidents are common too, so you guys get a, have, have a pretty steady influx of avian patients, I suppose, that That's come right. in there, right? And it's a big part of the business. Yeah, um, and, and a, lot of the, um, a lot of the injuries that we see in the hospital are caused by humans. So, um, so we're really trying to sort of counteract that bad bird-human interaction. And on the raptor trail, you'll have all sorts of really great human-bird interactions. We've got all sorts of new nose-to-beak experiences, all sorts of human-centered designed exhibits in the new facility. So it's going to be really, really fun. 
Tell me, so here in Charlotte, in the western part of North Carolina, in the Piedmont, why is this area such a good place for a center like yours? Uh, the avian populations around here, I'm, you know, are, are they more diverse or more populated? Or, you know, why is this a good location for for the hospital? Well, it's a good location because there's not one near us. You know, we, we really are filling a need in the, in the western part of North Carolina. We get birds from the entire region, um, for everywhere from Virginia to southern South Carolina. And we get eagles from an even wider region because there are not very many centers that are licensed to treat eagles. Eagles are very special. They have come off the endangered list in the last couple of years, but, um, but they... We, we say that every eagle counts, and so we try and get those birds back into the wild as soon as possible. So let's talk about Charlotte for a little bit. Um, what is a, something about this city that you personally enjoy about living here? Well, you know, if, if you want to talk birds, we have, we have peregrine falcons that live in <laughs> uptown Charlotte. Wait. And I didn't know. Wait, peregrine yeah, falcons. Peregrine falcons that live in uptown Charlotte. And peregrines are, are kind of rare in this part of the world. Um, but um, they, they are cliff dwellers. And so you think a, a skyscraper looks like a cliff. And mm, so okay. for years, we had birds that nested on the 40th floor in a planter of uh, one, <laughs> one Wells Fargo. What? So, yeah, the jukebox, they, they were up there. And... Um, and we had to put them back in the nest a couple of times because they jumped out a little bit too soon. And one of them even got stuck up in that, in that jukebox top. Oh, my gosh. And um, I, you, don't, you don't know what's up there? I can tell you what's up there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's the HVAC for, for One Wells Fargo as well as the elevator um, mechanisms. Mm -hmm. So you can watch the elevators go up and down. Um, in that in that area, and um, and a f falcon got stuck up under up underneath there. So we took our folks and got underneath there and trapped it and put it back in the nest. Oh my gosh! First of all, I didn't know that peregrine falcons specifically were inhabiting uptown. That's pretty cool. I mean, that's the fastest mammal alive. It's the fastest living creature. Fastest on living creature. Yes. Earth. <laughs> yes. So that is super exciting right there. That's amazing. But that also reminds me of something that happened just a couple of days ago in Uptown, and that was, of course, where um, a flock of Carolina wren or, you know, some... some I think it was chimney swifts. Chimney swifts. Uh, either way, a flock of about 300 birds uh, flew into the side of the NASCAR Hall of Fame, and that obviously caused a lot of bird injuries and whatnot. Um, did Carolina Raptors Center have to respond to that... So the, those birds it? are kind of outside our purview, but our, our friends over at Carolina Waterfowl really kind of rose to the occasion and, and took care of that group of birds. Um, it's kind of why we ask um, businesses to turn off their lights at night. It's, it's kind of a, you know, the, I'm sure the NASCAR Hall of Fame wants everybody looking in, the, in, the, in those great, beautiful windows at night, but... Um, Lots and lots of birds are killed every year in big cities because of plate glass windows and lights on at night. So, um, so Audubon and and a lot of um, a lot of organizations have tried to encourage businesses to turn off lights at night. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense because that's that's a scary scene when you have that many birds just kind of. And I don't, I don't think they know what no. what precipitated that, but um, but. 
they, they said it. They said it. They could. They could have been roosting somewhere, and somebody disturbed their roost, and they just flew towards the light. You know, it, and it does surprise me that that situation doesn't happen more often, given just how uh, many buildings there are, and you know the fact that they're always there and there's birds always flying around them. I, it seems to me that there would be more instances of that happening uh, with. Uh, just living in an urban environment like that. So what, what, what are some things that cities should keep in mind um, to prevent that from happening? Uh, you mentioned turning the lights off at, at right. night. Right, and there's, there's, lots of, um, there's lots of ways to treat the glass. There are strike-free strike glass that you can put on your big, big windows. You can, you can put stickers on there that, that have birds. What happens is the bird sees itself and it thinks it can fly that way because... Well, that bird in that window is flying, right? So it, it, it goes right into the window. And, um, and so if you do anything at all, like if you put a shutter behind it or something in front of it, or we've, our new building is strike-proof in that it's got, we've got these cool sunshades that are going up in, in front of the building um, at Quest. And that's our new facility name, Quest. So we'll be the Raptor tra Trail at Quest. Um, but our, our, all of our big plate glass windows are strike-free. Okay, cool. And I, okay, so I see that y'all are giving out the stickers then here today. What are those for? So um, we have a really fun raptor avatar quiz. And so you can find out what kind of raptor you are by taking the quiz. You answer six, six personality questions, and, um, and we will tell you what kind of bird you are. Every bird has a superpower. I bet you didn't know that. I am a raven, and my superpower is smarts or brain power. And so once you find out what your, what, your, what your bird is, then you can find out what your superpower is as well. And then what we're doing after that is we've got this terrific fashion photographer. I think you spoke to him a little bit earlier. His name is Garrick McFadden. <laughs> yes. and, um, and he is taking pictures of, um, of our raptors. We give them a little uh, fashion feathers to dress up in, and they, um, they're strutting their stuff over there at the Raptor Center booth. Awesome, awesome. That's very cool. So can you assess me? Tell me what kind of raptor I am? I, you would have to come and take the quiz. Mm, all right. Well, <laughs> kind of stuck behind this microphone for now, but I think I can do that. Okay, I think I got some time. Good, I think I can good. get away from here for a little bit because I want to know if I'm a, you know, I don't know if I'm a raven. I, I don't know if that, uh, <laughs> I don't know if the intellectual thing is my strong suit, but um, So we'll you see. might be an owl. An owl. Are you a silent ninja? 60% of the time, yeah. Yeah, okay, very good. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, Michelle Hawk, thanks so much for sitting down with me here at uh, 980 Festival on the Biscuit CLT podcast and uh, helping me chat and welcome the fresh faces here to Charlotte. Yeah, we're really excited to welcome everybody to Charlotte and come see us at the Raptor Center. Oh, yeah, real quick, where can people find out more about the Raptor Center? Oh, we've got a website. It's www.carolinaraptorcenter.org. Fantastic, fantastic stuff. Thanks so much. Thanks again to Amanda Fowler of Ortho Carolina, Ricky and Devin of Charlotte Lab School, Josh Galloway and Garrick McFadden, and Michelle Houck of Carolina Raptor Center for speaking with us. And of course, thank you, the listener, for tuning in to the Biscuit Podcast. That's all the time we have for today's episode of the Biscuit Podcast. Remember to subscribe to the Biscuit Podcast for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts. 
please leave us a rating and a review so that other creative charlatans can hear about us or better yet just tell them yourself Finally, get the scoop on Charlotte's creative scene delivered straight to your inbox every week by subscribing to the Biscuit email newsletter. Do that now at BiscuitCLT.com. The Biscuit Podcast is produced by Tim Miner, Matt Olin, and Andy Goh. Music by Harvey Cummings.